1: podcast. We talk about machines.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a good topic for today.
1: Really show people the civil construction, heavy civil construction world.
0: I was talking to somebody today and he's like, yeah, I listen to the podcast every week when I walk my dogs. And I, every time somebody says that to me, I'm still surprised.
1: That like they listen to it? Yeah, they, they listen <laughs> to it.
0: I'm just like, wow, you listened to it. That's fantastic. You're I like, didn't know anybody
1: listened. You're on your way. You're listening. We have listeners. We
0: have listeners, yep. Well, we're going to talk about Dirt today. It's me, Aaron Witt, joined by Harrison. And the topic of discussion is the Build the Roadshow. Yes. Is that what we're talking about today? Yes, it's the okay. Roadshow today. All right, Roadshow today. I had the idea, well, going back in time a little bit. We can get into our time machine.
1: Dirt talk, rewind. <laughs>
0: yep. I, when I started the business, I would message people online. I would find people every once in a while that would let me under their job sites, mine sites, whatever it was. And then I would get my car and typically drive. Sometimes I would fly, but I didn't have a ton of spending money for plane tickets when I started out. So I'd mostly drive. A lot of the stuff I found was coincidentally in California, which was right next to my home state in Arizona. My, um, it was a 2000. 2010 toyota camry i would get my toyota camry and i would drive to california sometimes at two in the morning yeah i'd get there in the morning i would shoot and then i would typically drive home or sometimes i would stay out there and make a trip of it
1: so that was sleep in your car um
0: no i i would get i would get a place to stay out there yeah i i i only slept in my car a few times but Believe it or not, sleeping in a Toyota Camry is not the most comfortable.
1: Yeah, I could imagine.
0: That said, it the middle, the back middle seat folds down, so you can put skis and stuff through it. Yeah. Um, or like a, you might be able to get like an eight foot two by four into a Toyota Camry. I think if you shovel. if you skew it right, yeah, shovel. Um, yeah. I would. Uh, oh, it's not the middle seat. It's actually a whole half of the back row folds yeah. down. Yes. And then you can slide a camping pad through the trunk up into that nice. seat yeah. and you can have a sleeping bag. So your head is kind of touching the either the passenger seat or the driver's seat and your feet are in the trunk.
1: Dude, you wouldn't imagine the stuff I've got in the in the Volkswagen with the seats down. It's not a very big car. I've, it's not a very big car, but with the seats down. What does it I, call? I, it's I, a I, golf. Yeah, I yeah. call it Ute mode.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, the Australians would love that. Yeah. Um, so, since the beginning of BuildWit time, I've done road trips, and from then on, I've done more and more and more and more road trips. I've done so much driving in this industry in this time because everything is so spread out, and the airlines can typically only get you to the major cities. And with mines, for example, you you can't fly to a mine. There's, the mines aren't next to a city. Mm-hmm out in the middle of nowhere. So you're, you're always driving. And I've always tried to, to group trips together, group visits together, try to be as efficient as possible driving. And so I've done tons and tons and tons and tons of road trips. The first major road trip was in the year 2020. Something happened in March and April that spooked everybody. I don't even want to say it at this point.
1: I can't. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't even want to say it. <clears throat> but... I
0: waited and I waited a few weeks, a few weeks, a few weeks, and everybody was still working in construction and everybody that we worked with was still working. And at that point, we just had a few people at the company yeah. and I ate whatever I killed. And if I wasn't killing, I wasn't eating. So I figured, okay, well, um, uh, you know, I'm young. I don't think I'm really at risk here. Uh, everybody's still working. So we're going to have to go out and visit. All these companies, we're gonna have to go out and do these content visits. They'd take photos, take videos of the, of the constru- construction projects across the United States. But it was still a little weird, and so I didn't want to show up just off of a plane because yeah. people were still in May beginning of May twenty twenty. Yes. Everybody was still a little on edge, and I didn't want to be that guy showing up from the airport like,
1: "What's up, guys?" Yeah, like planes were certain death. Mm-hmm. Like supermarkets were certain death. Yeah. But like yeah, um, but I mean, working outside, like I, I've, I remember, like very early on, in the world event. Yeah, that's um, how.
0: Well, construction was deemed essential in like forty-seven and, states.
1: Yeah, and you can do most of the work six feet apart. Yeah, outside, so yeah, it's like not a big deal.
0: Well, it's already socially distanced. Everybody's in a cab of a machine, typically. Um, so we devised the plan, I devised the plan, to just drive across the United States and connect all the dots. We started in Arizona. We went up to Denver, then went over to Chicago, from Chicago to, like, Allentown, Pennsylvania, then down to Savannah, from Savannah to Naples, Florida, then up to Nashville, Tennessee, to Dallas, Texas, and back to Phoenix, Arizona. And it was over the course of about four weeks and we visited quite a few companies that we were working with at that time.
1: Wait, so you went from Arizona straight to the East Coast?
0: Yeah, Arizona to Denver to Chicago to oh, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then down the East Coast. Yeah. And then kind of up into the South and over
1: back across. There's some big gaps in between there, though.
0: It, it wasn't very well designed. But I didn't, I, I, I didn't have the luxury of designing it like this trip because... Mm-hmm. I had to go to visit these companies. They were paying for this work. We had already talked about it beforehand. Oh, I see. So I needed to go to Denver. I needed to go to Chicago. I needed to go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania is not very close to Florida, but that was as close as I could yeah, do it.
1: The most logical. Yeah,
0: it was the best way to do it. So I talked to Angel into going with me, and it was me and Angel driving across the United States in the F-150, the first truck I got for the company. And we stayed in Airbnbs the whole time. And it went great. It was a great trip. I think it was just under four weeks and a lot of miles driven. A lot of miles driven.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And probably not very fun ones. Because no. Some of those are just like. Mm. No, like
0: driving through Nebraska sucks. Driving so, through Iowa sucks. Oh, just corn. Oh, love. it's the white like, Iowa. Dude, you just go straight across. There's nothing out there.
1: I've heard Missouri is pretty. uh Pretty desolate. Missouri. Well. Yeah, there's
0: there's some some parts of Missouri. It's like a little wooded, but Iowa is just soybeans or corn. That's it. Nebraska, soybeans or corn.
1: For fuel and energy drinks
0: That's the crazy thing, is yeah, most of it's not even used for consumption. But anyway, that was my first foray into a big road trip. And since then I've always wanted to do a more well thought out version. That was deliberate, not out of necessity. Yes. So beginning of this year, I said, you know what? This is going to be the year 2023. We are going to go do a road trip across the United States to visit as many contractors as we can. And we're not going to do it as we did before. We're going to rent an RV and live on the road to get the full experience. So after jumping through many hoops to get us to the point of this is actually going to happen. I started to sketch out what I wanted to see, who I wanted to see, what projects were of interest on just a piece of paper. Went down the list. What's the stuff I've been wanting to go back to that I've seen the f- seen before, but it's a multi-year job. What's some of the big work that I haven't seen yet? What are some of my favorite places to visit? Who are some of my, my great friends that I want to go visit? Yeah. And then <clears throat> I started to put it all in a, in a document and put it all on a map and then start connecting the dots. Yeah.
1: You have the map in the office, right?
0: Mm, which one?
1: There's like a there's a United States map.
0: That one's not very updated. It's not updated. Yeah, okay. we yeah. put some pins in it early on. I have one at my house. That's, That's way more updated. Updated on everywhere I've been in the United States.
1: Take a picture of that. It's we'll, it's we'll put it on.
0: Pretty covered. It's yeah. it's actually a lot of very obscure places.
1: Because I don't think people understand. Like you've been to almost every state in.
0: Yeah, missing Vermont south dakota and alaska
1: that's those are like very niche ones i feel like yeah <laughs> it's like
0: south dakota yeah you don't just go to south dakota uh yeah. i've just never had a reason to go to south dakota i've you been pretty go, close you
1: should go to vermont i want to very go. pretty i know i was just
0: talking with a contractor up there mm. casella and they said you ought to come up and i said you know i wouldn't mind going up there this fall that wouldn't be so bad mm.
1: Lots of blasting. It's very rocky. I've heard,
0: yeah. And they had a lot of cleanup after the flooding.
1: Yeah. Anyways. But I,
0: within the course of about a week, had a pretty good route figured out. Mm -hmm. That was not a very difficult problem because after doing it for five or six years, I've gotten really damn good at Planning travel, planning logistics, connecting dots, figure out how I make things work, figure out where I need to stay. I have a pretty good understanding in the United States now, so I know what's going on where. I picked the summer because I knew while it would be hot in some of the places we went, that's probably the best window of time in a 12-month period where everybody from Aspen to Texas to North Dakota to New York... Mm -hmm. So North Carolina, everybody will be working at that time. Everybody's yeah. busy, yeah. And it's typically not that wet in theory, yeah. And uh, so I, I I picked the the time. I said I think five weeks is a good amount of time to do this because in five weeks we could, I don't want to say comfortably, but in a measured manner, get around the entirety of the United States, mm-hmm. missing some parts. We skipped Seattle. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. We skipped to the Northeast. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. Yep. And I, I I, love these places, but everybody's like, well, why didn't you come to Northeast? I'm like, oh, you want to be driving an RV around the Northeast? Pass? Yeah. Like, oh, not, no. They're no. Conne-
1: they're Connecticut. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. No, thanks. There's no yeah. way. There's no way. I've uh, done so, that trip multiple times from Tennessee to Boston, and it's dude. it, it's, it doesn't get easier.
0: Once you get into, <laughs> if you're going up the coast, up, up the East Coast, once you get into to DC area, Mm -hmm. it just sucks. It really bottlenecks. From then on. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have you have DC and then you have Baltimore and then you have Philly and then you have New York. Yeah. Which is its just own cluster. And then Connecticut and then Boston. And then it finally chills out up into Maine.
1: I mean, because no one's up there. Yeah, and then I mean, you still have to get to like New Hampshire and stuff. Yeah, and it's it...
0: just so much work driving around up there. Oh God. Yeah, but anyways. And then Florida, it's its own world. I mm-hmm. said that's probably best. We we leave that one behind.
1: Florida land.
0: Yeah, I. I've, that's it's almost its own trip. So I designed the plan, and then the work was really coordinating with everybody, mm-hmm. making sure all of the dates worked with you know, 40 something companies, people, yep. there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails, texts, phone calls, you know, three months out, two months out, one month out, one week out, confirming times, locations, making sure everything was buttoned up from a schedule standpoint because we needed every place to work for this all to work well. It It was, you know, it's a domino effect. If you miss one, you're, you're in trouble or you're not, I mean, you're not totally screwed. That was the, one of the thinking, one of my thoughts, uh, thoughts behind the RV would be that it would help us be a little bit more flexible, which was the case, which was very nice. Um, but it finally got to the time we rented the RV and we set off from Nashville, Tennessee and it was me. It was Angel. I filmed dirt. And then it was Jack, and he started a week before we went on the road trip. (laughs) And when when we were hiring him, we were like, hey, by the way, what do you think about traveling for the next five weeks across the United States? But he's super down, and uh, he killed it the whole time. So it was three of us. We had a 25-foot RV. It slept us very comfortably. I, I didn't find it all that bad. It was like a Ford E350 van which they haven't updated since probably the 90s. <laughs> no. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> exact same thing. Um, but it, it, it ran pretty good. And then we took the F250 as well, which in hindsight, one of the changes I would have done, I would have taken a rental car and put the miles on a rental car, the 11,000 miles on a rental car, yeah. which would have been more cost effective than putting it on a diesel truck. But um, I bought that truck to drive on to job sites and I don't drive it on job sites anymore because I always fly and get rental cars now. So I wanted to at least drive it once and enjoy it.
1: Beat up some sort of Hyundai Telluride or something. Oh, it sucks. Actually, yeah, I don't think worst... you could even get a Telluride.
0: No, usually I get, um, I just had a Highlander, which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. That's a great car. Uh, Forerunners, F-150s. Yeah. Um, every time I'm, you know, whenever I'm lucky, maybe a Tahoe, but that's kind of rare nowadays. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So we started in Nashville, we packed up the RV, we packed up truck, and we set off for week one. From Nashville, Tennessee, we drove to Atlanta, Georgia, and we stayed in Strack's Yard for two nights. And staying in the same place for two nights was a luxury. I didn't recognize. That was very, very nice. But we woke up Monday at Strack's Yard. And we stayed at people's yards most of this time.
1: Yeah, they were just like, re- literally like where their equipment was hanging mm-hmm. out. <laughs> just right like, outside their maintenance
0: shop. Yeah. Outside of Atlanta. And uh, we woke up, it was just pouring first morning. Absolutely nice. pouring. Nice. And we talked to Strack, we were going out to see them in the morning. Fortunately, it was a tunneling job we were going to see. And so they said, well, give us a few hours and then we'll get started. So we started... Went to a coffee shop and then started around like 9 a.m., 10 Mm a.m. And it was a 700-foot, a little bit more than 700-foot bore underneath some railroad tracks and uh, county road for a new sewer line. And I think it was 60, 66 inches, somewhere around there. And so they were tunneling, carrying all that material back out one end of the tunnel and jacking steel casing as they went. So Mm -hmm. they had this basically giant. Few, few giant hydraulic cylinders just driving the steel casing into the earth one at a time, oh. lower another section in, weld it, drive it into the earth as the tunnel boring machine at the other end advanced.
1: Oh, that's crazy. It was very cool. Yeah.
0: Um, they conveniently, not conveniently, we still got some good stuff, but uh, they were not tunneling because they had to service the machine that day. And believe it or not, it takes a lot of work to service a tunneling machine yeah i could, I could imagine <laughs> and when it's hundreds of feet down i think they were like four or five hundred feet down in the tunnel that's crazy so you have to go you know all your people have to go in and out all your tools have to go in and out
1: oh they service it in the tunnel yeah you you don't you don't move it yeah i guess not, i guess it not comes out
0: that. the other end and once so once it starts it's in there man yep. um, yeah um that makes sense and uh but angel went down into the tunnel to check out that um uh, that going on it was still really really cool to see yeah So we started the trip off with some tunneling with Strack. We were going to go see some other site work, but thanks to the wet weather, that was out of the question. Everything turns to complete poo um, when it rains in the south. So then we hung out at Strack's office, um, caught up on some things. And then that evening, we went to C.W. Matthews. That's sweet. So we talked to C.W. Matthews. They run paving crews all over Atlanta, all over Georgia, they're, they're paving. They're doing a ton of paving big time, big time, big time, mostly DOT work contractor. And we were talking to them about some of the exciting projects they had going on, you know, figuring out what we wanted to do. I wanted to see some night work. I love night paving work. And yeah. They do, do paving every night of the summer. And one of the guys said when we were talking about it, like, yeah, the, yeah, the mayor is coming out to this job tonight. I'm like the mayor, like, the mayor of what? The mayor of Atlanta. The mayor of Atlanta. Uh, okay, where is that? Oh, it's right downtown. Okay, well, let's let's go to that one because that's yeah, that's odd. Yep, um, that that's unique. So we we hung out for a little bit at the RV. We then had some dinner and drove into town around five or six p.m. Not super late. And found C.W. Matthews' crew getting fired up just outside of downtown Atlanta for some night paving. It was a three-lane road. It was really, really snug. I guess the road's been under construction forever, which is why the mayor was going out there. He's a new mayor, and he wanted some quick political mm-hmm. credit, which is savvy. And smart. basically, yeah, went out there to, one, thank the crews, which I thought was really cool. I've never seen that before, so I don't know if that happens elsewhere, but that was neat. Yeah. Then two, uh, to show people, hey, we actually got this done.
1: I know you. I know you've I
0: know. You've been, I know, know but this has been under construction for years now. But we actually got it done.
1: He got into office and he he read the comments immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Mm, should fix some roads.
0: <sighs> or he like drives it every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> or his the wife one he drives. drives it every day. Yeah. yeah just exactly. Like, Can you believe these construction workers? But. They finally got it done. It was the last lift, the last final surface, driving surface. Yeah. Um CW Matthews did their the their their, you know, pre shift meeting. They fired up the equipment. <clears throat> they got everything ready. They were waiting on mix. And then the mayor shows up with the entourage, with the security, with yeah. the photographer, with the videographer. Nice. With like like 15 people, a bunch of people, yeah, with coffee, with donuts, because it's construction, yep. gotta have coffee and donuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, shook some hands, took some pictures, I talked to them for a little bit. Uh, I thought it was really cool, I thought it was really cool.
1: Yeah, that is sweet. Yeah. That, that, so those were the pictures I saw with the, the film crew. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's so funny.
0: It was unique, yeah. uh, and then um, they left, Yeah. and the work started, and they paved the road. Yeah.
1: And then, then you got the shots that. And then we got you, what we wanted. You really wanted <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it was it was snug though. It, it's um, night paving is so dangerous, and and I don't know why they don't shut roads down more, especially at night. Because I I know it's an inconvenience, but detour it. Well, it's it's so it was three tight lanes. Yeah, and they had both of the other two lanes open. Oh, that's so you're paving. Catchy. You're I mean you're like twelve twenty four inches from traffic. Yeah, the entire night.
1: And people don't They do, don't care. People will do not care. No, and it's just, I just watch that. I'm just like, oh
0: my gosh, that's just so dangerous. But shout out to everybody at CW Matthews. They make it happen. If you enjoy driving on roads in Atlanta, uh, they probably did it.
1: They probably did it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they make it look good, too. Yeah, their night paving always looks good. Like I had some.
0: Oh, there's there's so of What they do?
1: I had some B roll, and I was like, why does this, this just like looks cool?
0: Yeah, well, they're they're buttoned up. Yeah. Their guys are looking good. Their yeah. equipment's looking good. Their work looks good. Everything looks good. Yeah. And it wasn't to clarify. It's not their idea to keep both lanes of traffic open. They just have to work within whatever parameters they're given by whoever they're paving yeah. for. And that was just the parameter of the job. But that concluded our day at um cw matthews so the next day was a pretty long drive so i basically made it uh actually no it wasn't just a driving day i made it so we got to sleep in for a sec because we were shooting night paving i didn't want to hit us over the head with a hammer Mm day you know night two yeah we slept in a little bit then drove through out of Georgia into Alabama, all the way across Alabama. Stopped in Birmingham. I've never been to Birmingham before. Nice, my first time to Birmingham. And then we went and over to Starkville, Mississippi. We, for the afternoon, evening, had a visit with the Red Hills Mine, my favorite coal mine, set up. I love the place. I've been there.
1: You like that mine?
0: I have the hat on right (laughs) now. This is the new hat I got. Yeah, that's a sweet hat. I think I've been there three times, maybe four. So this was either the fourth or fifth time and they're just the nicest people mm-hmm. um so helpful uh it's just a good operation over. It looks really good. the reclamation's remarkable. the whole thing's fantastic,
1: yeah, I would like to see that one. Oh, it's so cool yeah. and it's in
0: it's in the middle, of like just random nowhere in Mississippi, yeah, um the interesting thing was I'd never been there in the afternoon evening, so I was excited to be there afternoon evening time, and then they. We saw the first area that we went to is the mine area that they've been working on for decades now. Uh, But they are about to move the drag line across the highway to an entirely new mine area that they were starting when I originally went out there three years ago, I think. So they've been developing it for the past few years. And it's the next mine area for the mine that they're going to be mining for, I think, you know, the next few decades and um it was cool to see them wrapping up at one mine area and then they're going to move the drag line they're going to walk it all the way and then they have to cross over the highway so they've built this enormous road leading up to the highway just for the drag line yeah huge and then this is a big line. yeah i mean it swings over a hundred yard bucket it's it's a it's yeah. a big machine uh and then they're going to cover the road in like 10 feet of dirt and walk. doesn't break it. Yeah. Yeah. To distribute the weight and walk it across the dirt and then take the dirt away. And you, sh- you have your highway still there.
1: Are you going for that? I want to. That-
0: I mean, it's not going to be, it's more of like a time lapse thing. Yeah. Right? I know. You just need to. <laughs> it's not exactly a thrilling experience to watch yeah. a drag line walk.
1: Like watching a snail. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. It, so it has these um, like little feet on yeah. either side and it, it pushes them down. Enough to lift up half of the drag line and then kind of scoots itself along the ground. Yeah. So half of the tub never leaves the surface. It just drags half of the machine with it. Every, yeah. every rotation of the little feet. So it moves, I think, like five or six feet per scoot. So it just slowly scoots, slowly scoots, slowly scoots, and they run it by a power cable so as they're moving it, they have to basically drive a, uh, a gen set truck along with the drag line to yeah. keep power to it, to help it move.
1: got to be a boring job. Yeah. Just, to just be in the gen truck. It's just slow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know if you have constantly have to move it or you can drive it a little ways and then like get out and, and then just something. move the power cable. Yeah. I, that's probably how they do it. Cause yeah, you're out. Yeah, you're not moving right. If you're doing, mm, no. you Five or six feet every few seconds. You're like
1: every, look, looking at your phone. Yeah. Like, oh, it moved again. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's gonna take multiple days to move it. Yeah. Just a few miles. Um. So that was amazing. Loved that visit. And then
1: what do they mine there? Is it all coal? Uh, site? Uh.
0: No. Um. Late night, All for one. Uh. Power plant. So we saw that. And then the next morning we woke up. We saw our friends at Burns Dirt. Went, nice. went to a few job sites around Starkville.
1: Saw those sick painted machines. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, we were with we were with Nick, who helps to run the company. And I, I asked him. I never had really got the story. He's been on the podcast I think, yeah. twice now.
1: Yes. Good podcast if you haven't listened to that one. Yeah. And, Listen um, to that one.
0: Um, Aaron Nick Strack's been on the podcast. Yeah. Also Dan, Dan listened Dan to that Garcia, one. Dan Garcia. Those are all good ones. That was a good one. Those yeah. are all really good ones, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we went out to see Burns Dirt. Yeah. I asked them the, the thought process behind their painted equipment. Cause it, it's like, um, it's like an off white mm-hmm. with some orange, like the orange handrails. Yeah. And then this kind of like a topographic map design out a Brown or, yeah. or some of the machines have like a darker green. Yeah. I asked him how they came up with that. And he said, well, we pulled our people and found out that, you know, well, unsurprisingly, everybody's pretty into hunting. It's Mississippi, a lot of hunting in Mississippi. And so we thought, well, why don't we go custom paint our equipment in a hunting theme and earth moving theme to brand it, to, to make everybody proud of the equipment they operate, to get our name out there further, to help grow our business, to attract new people to our business. And they've said all of those things have happened and more. So they're painting more and more equipment. It must be financially viable for them to do so. I guess so and it was cool we saw one of their brand new dozers that had just hit the dirt that morning uh, just red mississippi dirt
1: yeah just moving clay
0: yeah yeah it's it's a very yeah i think it's it's very heavy in clay
1: is it slower to move that material
0: no just if it gets wet it just turns to complete nonsense so we got i think that night it rained a lot yeah so it was a little sloppy Mm-hmm. On some of the sites we went to, but it wasn't it wasn't all that bad. We still got to see quite a bit of work happening, and we went to probably three or four job sites by 10 a.m.
1: For Burns, yeah, all yeah, for Burns,
0: yeah, they're all so tight
1: together. Yeah. I think they're
0: based in Columbus, Mississippi, but most of the works in Starkville, Mississippi.
1: That's sweet. What kind of work is it? Is like development, yeah,
0: commercial, multifamily. Went to an apartment building around the uh, Mississippi State. Go bullfrogs! Nice. Um. So that was Burns Dirt. Next day, we slept at the Burns yard that night, uh, the night before the Burns visit. One of the problems that we encountered with the RV was the fact that ants found their way in through where the power cable was plugged in. <laughs> and so we woke up and there were at least a million and a half ants in the RV. Every surface Jesus. imaginable, there were ants. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, learned our lesson there that the RV was not entirely ant-proof and that they could easily get in through where the power cable was connected. Nice. So, we just dealt with it because we didn't have anything to,
1: to do. Like, yeah, to, to, do to do? get them away
0: uh, until our next stop. Yeah after burns dirt we drove it was a long another long drive about 10 hours through louisiana through shreveport i did not stop in shreveport and i'm sorry for anybody if anybody's passionate about shreveport but
1: i feel like that's a city like i didn't even realize like (laughs) like i didn't even know that for like a long time that shreveport you know it was a thing
0: if you never have to go to shreveport it's not it's not the biggest loss um And then we left Louisiana. I like Louisiana, though. Louisiana's cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Louisiana. But then we drove through East Texas uh, and ended up at John Shiedek's house and shop where we spent the next night. I think we spent two nights at John's house, too, which was nice.
1: Where in Texas?
0: Outside of Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we ended up outside of Austin and uh, he had some diatomaceous earth. So we put that, we basically like loaded up the power cable mm-hmm. area with the diatomaceous earth.
1: It's like to, pool chemicals, right? No,
0: it's, it's uh, naturally occurring. Yeah. and oh, yeah. it's um, not
1: chemicals, but they do put it in pools. It
0: kills, yeah, it kills, it kills bugs, but yeah. it's, it's naturally occurring. And we didn't have an ant problem from then on. That's nice. Yeah. That's that- it was just every time you pulled the power cable out, you just get like this powder all over you. But di- diatomaceous earth, highly recommend it. Interesting, that's good. That's really good stuff. For yeah,
1: I I would have never guessed. That it works. That like, would works work. like a charm. Yeah, it's really insane. it's good too.
0: Like if you have kids, which I don't have, mm-hmm. or if you have pets, which I don't have. But if I were to have those, the kid can go over and eat it, and they're not going to be. Yeah, I used to love. Eating they're not going to be dead.
1: Diatomaceous earth as a kid. Yeah, or <laughs>
0: just any pest control products. Really. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, also the uh, kool Aid under the the yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that's good stuff dude yeah um, so we stayed at John's place and the next day roamed around Austin Texas nice it was a busy day we started uh, checking out John who was the world's best operator um, he was at the con expo caterpillar operator challenge oh, nice. and was uh, was cheated out of the victory he wasn't really but that's just what I've been saying the world's greatest operator, he moved out there a few years ago from California. Um, he has a small construction company. He runs a blade and he has some other equipment Sweet. that he runs alongside a few other guys, one of them being his dad. So we went out to see a turn lane project. They were building a new turn lane off of, uh, like a small uh, highway, kind of like state route into a new subdivision. Uh, so he was cutting a V-ditch. And then his dad was in the 615 paddle wheel scraper, cleaning up the dirt and dumping it over somewhere else. Nice. So we got to see him in action. I've always wanted to see John. That was a great time. Yeah. He's been on the podcast was back, way back in the day okay. when I was doing it. When yeah. I was, yeah, like way, way back in the day. That's wild. So we got to see John and then from there went to see Lone Star Paving. Yeah. Uh, I last saw them at Circular of the Americas, yeah. but- we saw them doing, just laying down some hot mix into a new subdivision, go nice. figure, north of Austin. The place is just blowing up. So we got to see those guys, which was a really, really good time. And then we wrapped up the day at Central Texas Aggregate in Stone, I believe the official name of mm-hmm. the organization is, to see our friends there uh, producing basically crushed Texas limestone as a, a base material. So we got to... Well, when we showed up, it was funny because I saw as we were driving into the mine, a powder truck was driving out. I was Hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. Did you guys already shoot today? He's like, no. I'm like, well, there's a powder truck right there. Then that means you're shooting pretty soon. And he called and they were about to shoot. And he's like, good thing I called because now they can hold off so we can actually see it. Yeah. So he paused the blast for us. We go up to this vantage point. And then, and then he's like, you guys good? I'm like, yeah, we're good. And he gets on the phone. And I mean, like 10 seconds after he gets on the phone, the shot rips off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it ripped off so fast. I, I got it with my drone. I was filming with my drone, but I, um, I didn't get any pictures of it. I was too late on my camera. That's how fast it
1: happened. Yeah, It was a good drone shot though.
0: It was a great drone shot. Angel got it too. He got really close to the fly rock. Yeah. yeah. That's a good blasting drone shot. Um, So we got to see a blast. We got to see a quarry operation, toured the pit, and then we saw their new processing plant, which was awesome. So that was quarrying. We got to see some earthwork, got to see some paving, and then quarrying. We wrapped up with John again at a steakhouse. At this super, super, super small Texas town. Nice. Very Texas steakhouse. Uh, Yeah. Animal heads, mounted animals all over the walls. But it was good though. In like an old bank. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then,
1: (sighs) what happened the next day?
0: And then the next day, it was Friday. So we were headed up to La Mesa, West Texas Mm -hmm. to see Turner Mining Group. And Keaton Turner's been on the podcast mm-hmm. to see them moving sand, But we were driving through Texas, which all just kind of looks the same at a certain yes. point.
1: It's all windmills. and
0: Yeah. Once you leave Austin, headed northwest. Mm-hmm. So we headed northwest out of Austin. We picked up some elk from Lone Star. Nice. To put in the freezer, which was awesome. Nice. That was the cool thing about having an RV was we could have our food with us.
1: Yeah, that's convenient.
0: And I'm very particular about my food nowadays. And so it's kind of, uh, it's, it's hard to eat well when you're on the road, but when you have a refrigerator and a stove, you have no excuse. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. But anyway, we head out of town and uh, the, the goal was to shoot that night. I wanted to see night operations. I love shooting at night. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Super cool. Yeah. It's just so unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and shooting at sunrise is cool, but it's, it's like cool, cool, cool. And then the sun comes up and then you only have so much time to make stuff happen.
1: Yeah. Because then it's just all blown out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it happens really quickly. But in the evening, you just have more time to work. I feel like I like shooting in the evening a lot better. I was just way better, way better. But as I'm driving I get a call and they say hey we've got some bad news for you. We're actually not running tonight because we have exceeded our production goals for the for the week and they don't want us to produce anymore. Huh. And I sit there and say okay,
1: did you guys stop being good at your well, job? Uh, yeah, well, like
0: we're we're on the way. So is there something we can do? And, and he says, yeah, yeah, ma- yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get something. We'll get something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> uh, 10-4. Sweet. We get up to La Mesa, a very, very uh, trendy West Texas town. La Mesa? <laughs> it's, it's a little rough, but all of West Texas is. Yeah. It's the oil field. Is it? It's a different world out there.
1: Is it up at the like kind of square point on Texas? Yeah, I've, I've been to Amarillo. It's kind of as it's, far as I've been.
0: It's kind of south of Amarillo. Okay. What's the other town? It's south of Waco.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: south of Waco because Waco's underneath Amarillo.
1: So it's like northwest, kind of.
0: Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's like it was like an hour and fifteen minutes south of Waco.
1: Nice. So huge mining town.
0: Yeah, it, bustling bustling metropolis.
1: We get there,
0: we stayed in an RV park that evening. Nice. So we get to the RV park, the La Mesa RV park. We, this was the first night that we had true hookups, which was an experience figuring out. Mm-hmm. So we had power, which was awesome. We didn't have to run the generator. Yeah. We had water. That's cool. It was, so we didn't have to run off the water tank. Yeah. And then we had sewer.
1: That's also very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I get the appeal of
0: RV parks after staying in them. I'm like, yeah, I, I get this.
1: It's nice. It's not that bad. Um, and they're relatively cheap, right?
0: Depends. They're honestly,
1: <clears throat> the one we say in Oregon was pretty
0: expensive. It was like 150
1: bucks. That's crazy. Yeah. I've uh, I've seen like marinas. Marinas have like shore power and water hookups and yeah. stuff. But marinas can get really expensive. Really expensive. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so we parked the RV,
0: hook it up. We get out to the mine like four Mm -hmm. and the day shift was coming off. Night shift was coming on. And I talked to him and I say, all right, do we need to go right now? Uh, What's the situation? He says, well, we're wrapping up day shift right now. We're not doing a lot, but we do have night shifts coming in. We have to be on standby. Mm -hmm. So we have a full crew coming in for tonight Um, and we think we might be able to do something for you. Sweet. And since he had his whole crew coming in, they weren't just staying. Because I was worried they were just staying there Friday afternoon, evening for us. Mm -hmm. it's like, if you're here just for us, like, just go home. Yeah, I I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But they had to be there anyway. And so I say, okay, great. And I tell Jack and Angel, hey, if you guys want to go back into town, the bustling metropolis, and go to the one restaurant for some dinner and come back like around 7, just come back. I'll hang out here. Yeah. And we'll start at about 7. So. Seven rolls around. The sun starts to get a little lower. Before that, before we went out there, he gave us the lay of the land, explained the operation. They're running two Hitachi twelve hundreds, loading A forty five Volvo trucks, A sixty nice. Volvo trucks, uh, and then hauling the sand to what's essentially a wash plant, mm-hmm. which then uh, creates this clean frac sand product mm-hmm. that's put into containers and trucks and hauled across all of West Texas.
1: So what is frac sand? It's just just sand. Just so what do they use it for?
0: Fracking. It's a key ingredient. What mm-hmm. they do, and I'm gonna explain this in a very simple term.
1: Okay. Simple way. I'm I'm simple. So
0: when you're fracking, <clears throat> the traditionally the oil we extracted naturally flowed out of the ground once we poked a hole. Yep. So you poke a hole, there's somewhat there's a lot of pressure underground. Mm-hmm. and you pump it, but it, it naturally flows out and up the wellhead and yes. out in your pipelines.
1: It's like classic Texas oil field.
0: Yeah. But then, but then we discovered that there's a lot of oil in these shale formations and shale is this rock. So there's oil within the rock and there's gas within the rock, but we have to get it out somehow. And it's thousands of feet in the ground.
1: Within the sediment phase. W- within the rock. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um, so we have to get it out somehow. So what they do is they drill a hole thousands of feet into the ground. I think sometimes it's like 5,000 feet. It's yeah, re- it's deep. Really, really deep. Mm-hmm. And then they drill vertically. And from there, they drill horizontally. So they can access an enormous swath, an enormous area of this shale through one well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then once the well is drilled, they pump uh, water, they pump some chemicals, which is like a lubricant, mm-hmm. and then they pump sand down into the hole of pressure. Okay. And what that does is the water then fractures the rock, the mm-hmm. shale, so it opens up the shale, and then the sand flows into those fractures, mm-hmm. which prop it open, which then allows the gas and oil to flow out. Okay. And then they extract the oil and gas.
1: So it's like creating artificial pressure
0: well without the sand yeah the fractures don't stay open uh, it, so the it, sand is a key ingredient it like seals itself up yeah otherwise. yeah and they have uh they have ceramic compounds that are artificially made for fracking but then they have just naturally occurring sand so all it is is like you go to a sand dune yeah. it's basically what they're, they're just mining sand there's very just, fine sand yeah it's just straight sand yeah um but he said uh, we can run one of the twelve hundreds and some and some of the trucks. So I said, That's all we need. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. And we had a oh, just such a good time. It's just and he said, Well, the problem is we're gonna be here. So the sun's gonna be setting right behind. It's gonna be backlit the whole time. I'm like, bro. Perfect. That's what I want. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> like that's the perfect that is the perfect scenario. I love that so much. And we had an absolute blast watching the sunset as the 1200 was just banging out trucks with sand. And sand is so much fun to shoot because it's just flying everywhere and making a little bit of dust. And they had a, um, um, X more high capacity bucket, which is really unique yeah, on it, which I has some holes one, in it. So the sand kind of makes its way out of the bucket just in a, like a really fine way. Um, so yeah, that was it. it was an extraordinary night, and then we went to bed. And then from there, Saturday we drove up to Waco, and then over across, um, um, up 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 into Amarillo, across a little bit of New Mexico, mm-hmm. and then all the way up Colorado through Colorado Springs up to Denver, where we were going to spend that weekend. So that is Build It Roadshow introduction, and the week one recap.
1: Nice. You really mean you got you got out there like week one. I yeah, feel we got like to, we got to Denver. Like I was looking at the map and I was like, Holy shit, that was fast.
0: Yeah. It was uh it was some long, long drives the first week. Yeah, I
1: could imagine it was not super fun. I mean
0: every week had long drives. Oh so I kept mm,
1: saying like yeah.
0: oh yeah, these are kind of the longest drives of the trip and yeah straight out lying.
1: It's funny, I looked at a map the other day and I was like I don't know why I was looking at the map and then it like dawned on me. I was like, these are all projections. Like this is not accurate at all. What? Like map projections. Yeah. Like what you see on your phone. Like you look at a map of the United States and it not really super representing the distance.
0: Yeah. Well, like. even if you, yeah, if you look at a, a flat, world map yeah apparently it's really skewed it's, from a proportion standpoint yeah because the world is not flat
1: or is it or is it stay tuned next week yeah next, we,
0: next week we dive into the flat, is the world flat
1: Aaron visits a flat earth convention <laughs> I
0: maybe but Dude, assuming I, the world is not flat it's on a sphere a dome you mean <laughs> Oh shit! We yeah, we're in a dome. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm now. I'm now. Like, I'm. I, I've. I'm really questioning the moon landing.
1: You know, because
0: I can understand the. I can understand the argument. I've always just dismissed it as like that's stupid. You're so dumb. But then you start to dig into it. You're like.
1: There's so much that needed to go so right. They they have a point. Like yeah. they, they, they have a point. And I was reading <laughs> I was reading something. It was a so it was like um random knowledge. It's someone I know, it's a family friend, who had wrote a book based on their vlog. And the first chapter is all of the um lunar modules mm. and what happened to them. And like what happened to the rockets that took them up. And like All of them are gone. Like, there's not many lunar modules left because they—I don't know—they some they intentionally crashed. Some are in orbit. Like, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know, but
0: yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't there for it. Couldn't tell you. We've been to the moon once. We've never been back. No one's ever been there since. It's just all new
1: space race. Go. Well, I feel like, I think it was the Russians, they just crashed a
0: rocket into the moon the other day.
1: Trying to see if it's hollow or not? They were
0: trying to land on the moon, but they crashed into it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it happens. And apparently they've landed a robot on an asteroid, so like, why can't... Really? Yeah. Why can't we figure out the moon, like? We know what it does. Well,
0: I feel like the argument is: Well, we went there once. We don't need to go back. Why go back? There's no, there's just nothing there.
1: Just go back. It's not even. What is a couple billion dollars? <laughs> I think a little more than that. A couple but, hundred billion dollars. But what if
0: like Jeff Bezos just wanted to set up like a space mansion on the moon?
1: He could. I mean, yeah. How, like who? Who say you, sh- you? You get to the moon? Who? Who owns the moon? No one. Well, we have a flag on it. Okay. So, yeah, but
0: but say you, you get there, then you have your space house. Can you just set up your space house wherever you want and just say this is my part of the moon now?
1: I feel like it's like all, it's like Antarctica where it's like all for scientific research. So like no one owns it really. Yeah. But do you think
0: th- do you think somebody could go to Antarctica though and like, per- like purchase
1: hmm. some property?
0: This is going to be ours now.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's a zombie book that I read. And mm-hmm. it talks about the, um, the that the really, different.
0: We're go, really going off the deep end. Yeah,
1: we're going off the deep end. But this is theoretical. But the one of the uh, big pharma bros like buys property in Antarctica and like waits out the storm there. Yeah, because they've like profited so much on like this false vaccine. That would that would
0: be a good play. Yeah, yeah. if the world was going to shit, you just go to Antarctica.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll, Maybe we'll look in. To buying, build with a little slice of land. That's uh, I'm gonna
0: see what they have <laughs> available down there. Yeah, what the watt sizes look like. Yeah, yeah. Come,
1: come to our training facility yeah. in Antarctica. <laughs> it's really hard on the machines.
0: <laughs> they run them down there. Are,
1: do they? No, do they have yeah, machines yeah. down there? Yeah, yeah.
0: They have um, cold weather excavators and primarily dozers and then tractors.
1: But are they diesel? Um,
0: they run
1: kerosene, maybe.
0: No, they run a. Like Antarctic blend diesel fuel, so it's a it's a it's a blend made specifically to operate within Antarctica. And then after, it's like minus thirty or forty, they run jet fuel. Nice, yeah.
1: Okay, so when are you going to Antarctica? Uh, hopefully soon. Just go. You could go to Patagonia first, and then well, the, scoot on down. <clears throat> Stop in Chile.
0: I think the easiest. I think the way I would have to go is through Hobart and Tasmania.
1: Oh, in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
0: I think that's the second most southern point in the world. Interesting. Second to Chile and Argentina.
1: We did get a message from someone um, who runs equipment in New Zealand. That's sick. They told me that that episode was messy.
0: Yeah, the Kiwis out there, they, they want us to come out bad.
1: Yeah, it looks so, so pretty. But anyways.
0: All right. Well, that's a podcast episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, if we've messed up yet another episode. Which or, we will. Which we will. Write us at DirtTalkAtPill.com. And we'll see you on the next one. Say Dirt.